0: Podcast.
2: Hello, everybody! Welcome into another scintillating edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and joining us on the phone right now
0: our our new
2: society our, our uh, new uh, society reporter. reporter, yeah, a guy who was at the <laughs> biggest wedding of the of the week last week of the weekend of the weekend of, of the entire nation. No one bigger got married last weekend. Than, than our own Troy Aikman and there to, and here to report about that wedding is our very own Babe Laughlinberg. Were you the backup bride, bride groomsman? <laughs> were you the backup
0: grooms, uh oh What is it called? God. Groom. Groo- were you the backup <laughs> gro- groom in case Troy got hurt? Were you What's were you called? ready to jump in?
1: Sure. In case Troy suffered a concussion on the way to the altar, <laughs> I was the man. Wow. So I was ready. You're ready. Well, how, well, listen.
2: Well, how was it? How was the wedding?
1: Ah, the wedding was was beautiful. Um, it was relatively small and private, and uh, it was great. And uh, I thought they had just the right touch, you know, and never easy, blending families. But uh, I thought they, they just, everything was so appropriate uh, every step of the way.
2: And where was the wedding?
1: Uh, it was out in Santa Barbara.
2: In Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah, your old haunts.
1: Well, and wouldn't you know, uh all of, all of Southern California, I mean all, and that includes Santa Barbara and Oxnard and every place else it was in the middle of a heat wave. So you almost felt like you never left Texas.
0: Was the wedding held
2: outdoors?
1: Well, I'm not going to get into all the details, but I am going to tell you that everybody there said, oh, I've lived here 30 years, it's the hottest I've ever seen it.
0: Wow, so it was, so so it was outdoors. Are we we don't we don't want you to uh... oh
2: betray any confidences. No, no. not at all. on. It's funny you should mention that because uh, when I, I'm watching the uh, the the A and M UCLA game at the Rose Bowl, which you know it's always the beautiful climate at the Rose Bowl, and and I had no idea until later they're talking about the fact that it was a hundred degrees there. Yeah,
1: 100 it was degrees. Warm. That's I've that's unbelievable that from up there.
2: But, but babe, you're a USC man these days, aren't you?
1: <laughs> well uh yes I am because my son is there as Joe Willie, uh, a coaching intern.
2: Yeah. Very so nice. I was watching,
1: watching a little as a matter of fact, the the wedding interrupted my viewing pleasure of USC <laughs> uh Western Michigan. But um but I didn't get to watch the UCLA game. Not in person.
2: Well, yeah, well uh, yeah was... or or as is known here, the A and M debacle. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin wishes he hadn't seen that game. Uh, now let me ask you this about uh, obviously Joe Willie was not a, a good influence on Sam Darnold in that game.
1: Yeah, you know I saw the highlights of that one, and uh, you know and I, one thing I when we were out at Oxford, I did get the opportunity. Joe Willie, of course, being my son, but I did get the opportunity to go to some a couple of SC practices, and uh, you know sitting there on the sideline, it's always fun for me to get to watch those guys. You watch them on TV. And uh, you don't get quite the same feel as you do, obviously, seeing him up close and in person. As matter of fact, I saw Josh Rosen in the UCLA spring game last year. I was out there and on the sideline for that and watched him warm up. And he's really He can really fling it. I don't think that's a secret. Um, Darnold's a little bit different kind of guy. But it'll be interesting to see where all these guys uh, you know, end up. Well, hold I mean, on. Hold on. Let me
2: ask him a question about it. I want to ask you that. If you could take one of those two quarterbacks, which one do you take?
1: Well, honestly, without having the the product knowledge of being around and talking to everybody that they talk to when they go to draft a guy that high, um, Darnold seems like the sure bet in terms of leadership, personality, that type of stuff. But again, I'm not I'm not in the room. I'm not privy to that. So the Scouts are going to do a heck of a lot better job than I will. Rosen, uh, as far as an arm, he, he's Matthew Stafford kind of guy in terms of... Of being able to just spin the ball, yeah. In my opinion, well, yeah. uh, Darnold, Darnold, everybody I, that I talked to at SC, um, just top to bottom, was like just a tremendous kid, you know. And he obviously has ability. So when you hit your wagon, as we all know with Manziel or any of the other guys, you better better be pretty sure that your quarterback is going to be committed. Tell us about a quarterback
0: you have seen up close and in person, Cooper Rush.
1: <laughs> um, I like. I like, naturally, everything that I've seen. Um, it's one of those what's not to like. I do tap the brakes in the sense that I think there's a whole ground flow of support out there that, well, Dak did it last year. This guy will do it this year. Isn't that crazy? One, well, it's, to me, it's totally crazy. And, number one, uh, I'm a guy like Dak comes along, filling in the blank, every decade, every generation, yeah. to have that kind of season. He had literally, literally an unprecedented season for a rookie quarterback. So, and this is a guy that played in the SEC, won at a school where they never win, big. I mean, there's a lot on his resume, and he still ended up in the fourth round. (laughs) Right. A lot of of good things on the resume. So the notion that we're going to take a free agent rookie out out of central Michigan and say, okay, uh, Dak just sprained his ankle. Go get him, Cooper Rush, New York Giants. Here they come. Uh, only throttled our offense as well as any team in the NFL last year. Go get them. <laughs> so Yeet. I'm very cautious about that. And if, if when you see Cooper Rush, think Kellen Mond. He was Kellen Mond was overwhelmed in that game. Oh my God. Oh my God! He was he was overwhelmed. Now that's the A and M quarterback
0: Mond, we're talking about, freshman.
1: Yeah, Kellen Mond may go on to win two Heisman's, as Bino Cook once predicted for Ron Paulus. <laughs> not one, not one, two Heisman's, but he wasn't ready to play in that game. No, he was. It scares me to think that Cooper Rush is going to be ready to play against the New York Giants. I and mean, yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he'll fool me. Maybe he'll. Fuck every trend that I've ever seen in 35 years of NFL football. <laughs> so but if... That does, and that doesn't mean that it won't be ready. But I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves to think, we did it with Dak, we'll do it with this kid. So we, we've got some magic formula here.
0: If anything happens to Dak against the Giants, who will, who will be the first quarterback in to replace him? What are you guessing?
1: I, I would think it would be Kellen Moore. Now, we'll we we'll know more as the week progresses, no pun intended, but I, I but that's me. Again, I'm I have money under my bed. Okay, I have money between my mattresses. What's your address? <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't say I have a lot of money between my I remember now I was a backup quarterback. But so I I I'm not that guy. I'm not Jerry Jones drilling holes in the ground and hoping some black stuff pops up and I'm rich, okay? That's not my personality. Therefore, it's not my personality uh, in terms of surveying this situation and being a quasi-coach or whatever you want to call it and thinking like a coach and saying, yeah, let's just play play the rookie from Central Michigan. He'll be fine, but that's not me. Now, again, I I like everything about Cooper Rush, but I think you have to let this develop. you know, Give him a year. Let him go through camp again. Now you'll see what you really have. Um, Tony Romo would probably be the second to tell you because Bill Parcells would be the first. If Romo had to play in the first couple of years, he would have never had a career in the NFL.
2: I remember asking you that question uh, when the Cowboys had all that mess at quarterback. And and uh, you were telling me how much you liked Tony Romo in his first camp. And <laughs> I said, then why not just go with him? And you said, oh, that'd just be a mess. That'd be a mess. That'd be a disaster. Yeah, uh, and I
1: think, I think Tony would tell you that. Now, Could he have played a week earlier than he did, you know, he came into what? Week six uh, yeah. of year four. Right. Could so he played week four of year four? Maybe. Could he have played week six of year three? Maybe. But... Whatever they did in terms of developing him and keeping it, I, I just feel that more young quarterbacks have been ruined by playing before they're ready than have been developed by playing before they're ready.
0: Is there, is there... it's,
1: great, it's great to say, oh, we got to get them out there, we've got to see what we've got, uh, you've got to learn at some point, but when they get out there, you've got to give them a reasonable chance for success.
0: Is there any comparison to be made between the two, Romo and Rush?
1: Um it's a good question. And I think there's always some comparison uh between a lot of a lot of quarterbacks. You know, I don't think there's any two guys where you say, Well, that guy is nothing like that guy.
0: Right. Uh they
1: they all have to be able to throw it straight. They all have to have some sense of an arm. They all have to have some leadership ability. Um now some possess it obviously more than others in terms of what they bring to the table. And and the other part is other people make up for it. It's like Tell him More to me is a great example. People don't like him because they keep waiting for him to show up to the next game at 6'4 and 240. <laughs> right. And, right. When he, and when he doesn't, they're disappointed. Ah, look at that. Well, he's he's been 6'4 all his life, you know. Spud Webb played guard at 5'7. It, like, it wasn't like he was 6'3 and then uh, was in a tragic farm accident. and, oh,
2: and stop.
1: You know, and, and became 5'7. He, he learned how to play. I like that storyline, though. He, he learned how to play basketball at 5'7", and and he was good at it. Um, so, Kelly Moore, especially with this offense, Kellen Moore, to me, can be a very, very serviceable player in this offense. Now, if he went to a team that didn't have a good offensive line, he'd have no shot. matter of fact, that would be the first one to say, hey, why, why are we hanging on to this guy? Because uh, he doesn't make plays out of the pocket. He doesn't do all, but he does a lot of things very smartly for a quarterback, in my opinion. The other part of this is I love how we've seen Cooper Rush throw 51 passes. Would you agree that 99.9% of the people calling for Cooper Rush have seen him throw 51 times? That's correct. No.
2: Well, maybe they, they saw, saw, saw that. Him. He beat Oklahoma State now. Game. We saw him beat Oklahoma saw State.
1: Saw sure, but they never saw a college game. Yeah. They never saw him throw in training camp. They've seen 51 passes. Yeah.
2: And they said, that's
1: our guy. So – I'm just I'm just very cautious about all that. To, again, I, I think he's a great guy to look at and develop, and say we
2: may have something here. To, to me, but, that's what people should be happy with is, is that he's on the roster, right? I mean, to me, he, he oh. deserves to be on the roster. He did a nice job, and here's a guy, a young guy, developing. And of course, babe, you and I have been on this same soapbox, yep. sharing the same soapbox <laughs> all these years about drafting and developing quarter young quarterbacks.
1: No question. So no question. So here they are. I, I think it's. I think it's the worst thing they have done organizationally since Troy Aikman was drafted. You know, uh, and it's funny because we always hear Coach Kieran talk about the importance of the position, and yet, if you look at the drafts, if you look at who they acquire in free agency, uh, it hasn't been important for about fifteen, twenty years.
2: Did you ever get an expl? You know, I always just assumed the deal was that Jerry didn't want to pay what you got to pay a quarterback when you draft one of them, only to have him sit and watch. Did you have you ever gotten an appropriate explanation as to why that was their policy all those years?
1: Well, they just drafted a linebacker in the second round who was going to sit and watch.
2: That's true. That's the new Jerry, though. Yeah, that's true. So,
1: So I, I, hey. Was it a mistake for Green Bay to draft Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre and take him with the first-round pick and have him sit and watch for three years? No,
2: No, it was not.
1: Certainly, certainly like the way that worked out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, at least the Cowboys seem to have worked that stuff out. So now we find out this morning that Tyrone Crawford will play against the Giants now.
1: Yeah, that's unbelievable because I was right in front of that play at training camp, and the way he went down, the way the players reacted – around him, uh, specifically Orlando Skandrick and Sean Lee, they just looked, let out an expletive, and it was one of those, I didn't know what had happened, but you could just see it was serious. Tyrone got loaded onto the cart. He pounded the cart so hard, two times. He was on that, basically that open golf cart, and he smacked his hand on that metal flatbed area twice. And I was saying, I told him even after, after the fact, you know, after we found out it was kind of okay, I said, Tyron, I, I didn't know what had happened to your lower body, but I did know this. You had a broken hand.
0: <laughs> From slapping
1: someone. He, oh, he hit it so hard. Uh, I thought he was going to put a hole right through it. And I thought, well, in addition to whatever else is ailing him, he's got a broken hand. He was, reminds you know, we've seen it a million times, right? Pitcher gets taken out, throws his glove against the dugout wall, that punches it, and then he's got a broken hand.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. So how much difference is he going to make uh, for that defense?
1: Like you know, he he's been playing hard for quite a bit the last couple of years and I keep you kinda of keep waiting for him to to be that guy that just I don't want to say takes over a game to earn his like money Reggie White style.
0: Yeah.
1: But just yeah, just stand up and all of a sudden that, that play happens and, and he's in the middle of it. Um he he's been a solid player. And I, I don't know, maybe we're just gonna wait forever for that for him to take that next jump of kind of taking over a football game from time to time. But I, I, I thought it would happen, kind of, but it just hasn't. So maybe, maybe this is the year. I don't know.
0: So, ba- so, babe, who was the biggest surprise, the biggest positive surprise you saw in camp? The guy that you went, wow, I didn't know this guy could do this.
1: Probably me. Really? <laughs> just, yeah, just. So wait You didn't, you didn't see the, the, the figure I caught standing watching practice on the sidelines for most of camp. But it was, well, it was doesn't, impressive.
0: That wouldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> what? Who was the biggest surprise? That's a good. Uh, that's a good. You know, unfortunately, we didn't, we we didn't see any of the rookies. <laughs> you know, yeah, Auziere, right. right. Switzer, all these guys. Were you like, God, when are they going incorporate him in? What the hell about you, We Did not see any of? So that was that was probably the most disappointing thing to me. Um, it, as you well know, it's the old saying: availability is a great ability. Brandon Carr. Has started 144 games straight. He has the longest starting streak of any corner in the NFL. Second is Patrick Peterson and I believe 96 games consecutive starts. Brandon Carr at 144. So there, there's some there's some calmness to you know having that starting pitcher, You pencil him in. You know he's going to take the ball every fifth day. You, you know Brandon what that Carr was that, may not be the ace, but Brandon Carr was that guy. They can't keep a guy healthy in the secondary.
0: Babe, you know what that tells me? For when a guy starts rolling, he's due for an injury. And no, no, seriously, seriously. When the, when the Rangers signed Prince do you remember what everybody said? Oh, he plays, he plays all the time. That's true. And he got yeah. here, and, and 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 he was he was broken down. And
1: wow, Mr. Mr. Negative. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. But I, I, that's what
0: I fear most when people say, "Oh, a guy has played 116 games, 120 games," and then I, that that just a signal to me that he's going to break down when when we when my team gets him so so uh, Jason,
1: Jason Witten will not make it to Denver this year so i don't know also, he might not that iron horse.
0: He, he 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 might hey Lou Gehrig made it you know 2160 what's that 3 games, games 62 games 60 yeah. games and then and, and then he broke down so okay so the rookies he pro- the he broke rookies down. the rookies didn't surprise you was there so a veteran me, was there wait somebody wait can-
1: just so we get this straight, I want to make sure we get this quoted accurately. ALS is now breaking down. <laughs> you're breaking down when you have ALS.
2: Well, it wasn't called Lou wow. Barry was, they're in, the, they're in that, uh, he was booing, uh, was it Gary Cooper played him in the movie. And Barry, Barry uh, was one the of my, only one booing One of my favorite, of my favorite
0: movie. movies of all time. But if the rookies, none of the rookies surprised, was there a veteran, was there a, who who, you must have come out of camp going, that guy really surprised me. Uh, um,
1: okay uh, here's one here's one and I don't know how much he'll play how much they will use him but Bryce Butler okay um, I, I kind of was I kind of was I just thought Bryce Butler was what he was to, to paraphrase Danny Green a little bit I thought I thought here's what this guy is and it wasn't didn't have a high ceiling um, and, and I thought he was really consistent in camp and now can he bring it from the driving range to the golf course um we'll see but i i I always viewed him as a little bit of an inconsistent guy he's gonna flash he's gonna tease you and ultimately you're gonna say we need to get better than that but i I thought he really from day one came out caught everything uh just looked like i don't want to say a different player but a more mature player guy that kind of gets it yeah so you know what I'm, I'm, if I keep doing what I've been doing, I'm, I may not be in the league here for long. And all of a sudden, um, well, he, he was one. I guess he would be my biggest pleasant surprise. If that makes sense.
2: He went from a guy in that Green Bay game that you couldn't have been more frustrated as a Cowboy fan. You couldn't have been more frustrated watching anybody in that game than him. Uh, yeah, and the way he played right. it—that was pretty much the worst of everything you just talked about. And then. Uh, first game out of the box, first preseason game out of the box, he makes a couple of terrific catches, Uh, and, and it looks like, he looks frankly, to me, he looks like everything what you think the Cowboys are needing at that position, a big guy, a, a little bit of a, a burner, he can get behind people, he can stretch the field, to me, this is kind of, I, I know everybody says that you, you can do that with Terrence Williams, I, I don't see it so much with Terrence Williams, but, but Bryce Butler, if he's going to play like that, then, then, I don't know what their weaknesses are at, at, at receiver at this point. Yeah,
1: and it's funny because people um, think about that deep ball receiver, right, uh, as a speed guy. It's got to be a guy that runs 4-3. Dez is is about as good a deep ball receiver in the NFL, and he's not a 4-3 guy. No, he's but not. But he just goes up and attacks the ball up in the air. So you, you picture Dez, when I – I always close my eyes on players and, and you kind of imagine them a little bit. And some you imagine good, and some you imagine you see the, the flaws. But I close my eyes on Dez and I see him going up on that deep ball and bringing it down. I do not close my eyes and see Dez catching the ball over the shoulder like a Bob Hayes, right? Where you, no. you're behind the defense and now we're catching it over the shoulder and we're running away. Every deep ball is going up, contesting it. Not unlike the ball in Green Bay, the catch-no-catch, right? That's Dez right there. Right. But, but you can be a... A good long ball throwing team, if you've got a Des Bryant to throw to, even though he's not running by defenses, if that makes
2: sense. Sure. Well it makes sense, because I mean, here's the thing last year to me for uh for Dak Prescott as a rookie quarterback who's very cautious and which is good and uh but th- that's the thing about Des Bryant. Uh how many times do you do you watch Des run his pattern and he's wide open? Not, not a lot. Not a lot. No, not not very often. And so you ha- when you're throwing the ball to Des Bryant, you're having the faith that he is going to outfight this guy for the ball, which he, he does more often than not. And I think Tony Romo had that kind of faith in Des, and it took Dak a while to develop that kind of faith to know that, look, this I, I, if I, if I want to throw it to somebody open, I'm going to throw it to Cole Beasley every play. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why Beasley led the team in receptions last year is that Dak's a smart guy this guy's open, why, why, why wouldn't I throw it to him? Uh, sure. Uh, although that does, you know, obviously there are some limitations there as well. Uh, you're not going to get the ball downfield if you're throwing it to Cole Beasley every time.
1: Right. The, the farther Cole gets away from the line of scrimmage, the less effective he is. Yes. You know, just with his height. But I, I'll say this. I've said it a bunch, and I'll say it again. Cole Beasley may be the most uncoverable receiver that I've seen. I don't mean Cowboy. I just mean... You put one guy on him in the slot, and I don't care who that guy is, unless Deion Sanders comes out of retirement, Colt Beasley is winning that route. So how often is it that you want to dedicate two of your guys to stop a guy who's about to run a five-yard pattern?
0: Right. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> if, what...
1: you don't, if you don't dedicate two, then it's third and four, he's going to win on the route if you're going to single him up.
0: So, what does he do that, that makes you say that? What, what about the way he runs the route?
1: You know, it's just honestly, I'd love to be able to break it down, but he just has an act. He has an ability. Obviously, he's quick, but those guy's just as quick or quicker than him. Um, He just he has an an ability to set up defenders. He's he's such a smart route runner.
2: Well, there's sharp sharp routes, and you and he changes speeds, and he's and he's kind of jogging one second, then he's up, then there's a burst, and there's just
1: he does a lot of,
2: does a lot different things
1: almost like a you know i don't want to go this to this comparison because clearly he was a hall of famer but greg maddox right he sh- there's no way greg maddox should have been on a major league roster and he's he's in the hall of fame and he's saw a young ward winner right right and he changed his speed he's in he's out he's this. so as soon as they they see one thing from cole he shows that gives him something else and he's open again and the guy said "How the how that happened right <laughs> you know
2: and that's, and that's easier to he's do remarkable yeah wow. on, a, on a five yard route that just what we were talking about then that's very valuable it's harder to obviously to, to break away from somebody sure. on, down in the field and and, uh, and he's not as effective in that type of thing but but you don't need him to be that to be that when you've got these other weapons uh, so. yeah and
1: well the, the funny thing is too to me and what makes it more remarkable Uh, His ability to get open. They know he's running a five yard route. Right. That's that's (laughs) right. right. They know he's not running a a comeback or running a seam down the middle of the field. They know he's running a five yard route. And it's reminiscent, you know, the story uh, Lou Holtz was told when he was in Ohio State. They were playing in the Rose Bowl. Woody Hayes was was the head coach there, and he he was told basically, you do not let OJ loose. They're playing OJ Simpson, playing SC. Do not let him. I want. I want. Whatever you need to do to stop him, you stop it. So whatever it is, third play, OJ goes for eighty and a touchdown, and Hayes is furious and comes screaming at Lou Holtz. You know, basically, what the hell are you do? Did I not tell you to stop him? He said, "What? You just let him go for eighty? How the hell did that happen?" He said, "Because, coach, that's all he needed." <laughs> <laughs> so, Lou's always you know, know good with that one-liner. All, I don't know why they all work away from. Colt Beasley and the defensive coordinator, you know, his guys coming off the field, his nickel corner, on third down, and say, didn't we tell you to stop Colt Beasley? Didn't we tell you he's going to go five yards and break in or out? Speaking,
0: but, but, yeah. speaking, speaking of running backs, I like the transition. Uh, yeah, but, what, what's the difference, the Cowboys-Giants game, if Zeke plays, if Zeke doesn't play?
1: You know, there won't, there won't be any difference to the naked eye. Um, Will well, they call it a couple of different things? Probably, but uh, you know they're going to run the ball the, the same amount of times. So I don't think that. I don't think by not having Zeke, the only thing that might affect is obviously, you know Zeke averaging five yards a carry, right? So you're going to be instead of maybe being third and one, of course that's a passing down anyway in the NFL now. But instead of being in those situation, maybe you're in third and three. So maybe that's going to lend itself to more throwing. But I don't think they're going to go away. You, the, the NFL could announce that Zeke is eligible to play, and then on Sunday at six fifty-five, they say, "You know what? He's not playing." It wouldn't change a thing they do offensively.
2: Yeah, yeah. it just it just uh, they're going to use more running backs than they would normally would, right? Uh, I think with this, yeah. this setup.
1: And I think I really think they'll be fine. You know, I think they'll be fine. I like Alfred Moore. Always have. We know how productive he's been. McFadden. And, uh, you know, Rod Smith is a guy that's going to be very interesting. He really played well. You talked about a surprise. I think he was one. You know, they had the fullback, so he was playing at about 245 last year. So, obviously, he's not going to be as, as quick as a guy. He dropped about 15 pounds. He's down to 230 and really looked like a runner. And he was a runner. That's the funny thing. Once upon a time, he was a runner.
2: Speaking of Rod Smith, why don't we, uh, what, right before we let you go, we know you got to yeah. go, but uh, what about his brother?
1: A remarkable story, uh, as we all know. Um, but but I, I hate when people are calling this a miracle. Oh, it's a miracle he's back on the field. You don't you don't take a guy in the second round and then hope for a miracle, do you? No. You take him in the seventh. You bring him on as a free agent, and then you say this was miraculous. But when you draft a guy in the second round, you better have a pretty good idea that he's going to be able to play for you. Now it, it's a testament to his hard work. Probably why they drafted him in the first place. A different guy, I arming mean player, a different guy, a different person, probably wouldn't have been drafted there. But I think when you're around him and you look at him and you know what the, what makes a kid tick, you say, if anybody's going to have a chance to do this, it's going to be him. So it's certainly a great story, all of the above, but just don't call it a miracle. You don't, you don't, well, as I said, you don't call it a miracle if you draft people in the second round on my Twitter, and I got tweeted back from a Jets fan, clearly a disgruntled Jets fan, saying, yeah, you do it through the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
0: I think disgruntled Jet fan is redundant. Yeah, that's, that's probably right. <laughs> it was,
1: I, 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 I'm not a huge Twitter guy. Trying to get on there, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I, I just texted him back, or I guess I, I Tweet,
2: tweeted, tweeted him back. Right. Yeah.
1: And I said, that is funny. I said, that that's an instant follow, and I hope there's more where that came from, because it was great. <laughs> That
2: was great. So is Jalen Smith uh, going to play any more, any less uh, than he would have played? What do you think uh, with the injury to Anthony Hitchens?
1: Uh, you, you hope not. It's like the old thing. You can't let you know, your problem be somebody else's crisis. And just by the fact that we need him more doesn't mean he's any more ready to play 65 snaps in a game. Um, and, again, I'll, I'll defer to the medical staff on that one. So I'm not privy to seeing all that happen. But if you if you had a game plan for him and if you had a pitch count, so to speak, for him, that can't be altered by the fact that Anthony Hitchens is not going to be here. You you just can't put that at risk. And they won't. They won't.
2: Is he still wearing that device on his foot during the games?
1: Um, he has been. Yeah. Um, I believe he has been. Um, and I, I would think that would continue. But, again, I, I I couldn't be for sure on that. But I'm about 99% sure that he has. Yeah. Before
0: we let you go, I have one question. Did, yeah. you, did you catch the bouquet?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you know, I think I can disclose there was no good bouquet thrown. No? No bouquet thrown. But I think what would be awesome is if instead of the, the bride throwing the bouquet, the, right, the, groom, yeah. the groom should throw something. And, I, I mean, when you got an NFL quarterback, and I've always said, you know, Troy try played baseball, if you can throw – you, you just throw things, right? You can throw you can throw the baseball, you can throw the football. If you wadded up, a piece of paper, that quarterback was always going to be the guy to put it in the trash can. You just throw things. So wouldn't it be awesome if like you you, you like knock somebody out with an NFL arm with, with <laughs> throw, throwing whatever that guy would throw? That would be tremendous. If
2: you could knock somebody out with a garter, that's pretty good. I'm signing that guy.
0: Well,
1: yeah, let, let me uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: babe, i got some breaking news for you. David Moore is reporting that Kellen Moore has agreed to sign with the Cowboys.
1: Well, there we go. And again, what, very quickly on Kellen Moore. I like him. Um, and as I say, he's he's a backup quarterback. Okay, there's 10 teams that don't like their starter in the NFL right now. There are 10 teams in the NFL that no, they're not going to win this year because they don't have a starter. So the notion that you're going to get a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers as your backup. just isn't going to happen. So I'm comfortable with Kellen. Um, again, what I laugh about is, oh, the only one that likes him is Scott Linehan. Okay, the only one that likes him is the guy who's seen every pass he's thrown as a professional, right? But we, we suddenly have more product knowledge than the guy that is sitting there looking at him every day and has looked at him every day for five years so I have to defer to that
2: guy. Pretty good recommendation. Babe, it's great having you on, as always. We love to have you on and talk about everything. You know, I, I when I, I, you're cited on this podcast many times. I always refer to you as my quarterback whisperer. I love that. Yeah. You like that. That's what you are. That's what he is. He's the expert on it. Babe, we appreciate it, man. We'll see you down the line here We're, somewhere.
0: We'll make an appointment to have you on because you, you know how long in advance we had to make the appointment to have Babe on today? I think it was like two thousand fifteen. I think it? so. So yeah. let's let let's let's have you back on before the Super Bowl.
1: Well I'm ready. I'm ready. It's just I like I really do. I like to get my calendar going and I, I'm old school. I've got I write it down and once I know I've got this I like you it. know, Al Michael's called he's coming in town. He wanted to have lunch today and I said, No, I'm
0: Sorry. Yeah, All he But he, oh, he wants to use you. He wants to pick <laughs> your brain. He's looking for something uh, what do you say, and then he'll use it uh, in the open on on, on Sunday Night Football? That's he's, the,
1: looking for a bat, no, he's looking for a betting proposition, is what he's looking
0: wow. for.
1: Wow. Okay, very quickly, to Al's credit, to Al's credit, this was a number of years ago. I'm talking to him on the sideline before a Cowboys game that he was doing, obviously, and we're talking, and I, I just said this whole thing about Romo holding in the fourth quarter. It's just not accurate, and, and this was before this became a stat, but I was— I said, he's the highest-rated quarterback in the fourth quarter in NFL history. He said, get out of here, please, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, I'm telling you, though. Anyway, he, he mentioned it on the air, and he had his, uh, what is it, Steve Hurt, the Elias guy?
0: Yeah, what? that's his guy. I
1: mean, they looked it up. He said, you're not going to believe this, but I was talking to Dave Lawsonburg before the game. That was a dangling modifier there, because people would believe he was talking to them. <laughs> and he said, he said, and then they showed the graphic. So I loved it, Al, not only... Brenton did the work, but he also
2: gave me credit for saying, Look at
1: this. That's pretty good. Uh, so I, I love Al. Love Al.
2: We're we'll glad to get our credit.
1: We, uh, Al and I have a love hate relationship. I love him. He hates me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Okay. All right, babe. Thanks so much thanks for your so time. Much. Thanks
2: for the Bob Bell That's
1: exit.
0: You know okay, what he. Thank guys thanks, babe. Sure. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go, I'm going to get a text from him or call from him. He goes, I told you I had 15 minutes. You guys had me on for 32 minutes and why and he's the one that kept stretching it out he's the one that kept
2: stretching it out That's it's, true. It's, it's, but it's, it was all good stuff
0: he he you know he is good i wish we could have him uh, on more but he 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 always says he's busy i don't know what he does oh, that's a nice thing
2: to say i don't know what he does i don't know yeah, i don't know what <laughs> he does People were saying that about me and you
0: but here's the deal here's the deal i'm looking at the scoreboard i got two good questions <laughs>
2: You're you're sounding like Jerry Fraley, keeping up with the Jeff Bannister's uh, remarks in post game press conference. Jerry's
0: a little Jerry's a little jealous of of, <laughs> of some of the some guys. Some of the guys that get good uh, questions. Yeah, I'm sure. Attables. I will bet you. I'm not being there. That Jerry does ask the best best questions. Oh, you bet he does. The hardest questions. You bet he does.
2: All right, Kevin. That was great. Who else do we have today? Today, you know, we've got uh, our our old uh, our, well, one of our favorite visitors to the podcast. Evan Grant uh, <laughs> is coming on to talk about the Rangers. And we also have Chuck Carlton talking about that wild and wacky weekend that was in college football, particularly around these parts. You
0: know, I was at one of those games, too. You
2: were at the Baylor-Liberty game, were you not? Yes, I was. Yes, you were. And I remember you complaining about going to that game and saying, they're going to get blown out. It's going to be a nothing game. Kevin,
0: anytime I leave my house, I have
2: to leave my house for an assignment. I complain. You know that. That is true. No, we're going to talk about all of that, but we're going to first we're going to say goodbye to this podcast.
0: Okay, this this was a good podcast.
2: It was a good one. We're giving it a big check mark.
0: Is this button? Is this, was it as good as the Barry Switzer? Oh, no, Well, you
2: know that's that you can't compare.
0: All right. Well, we should have, we should have played that for Babe first, and maybe he
2: would have been funnier. <laughs> he could have come up to that level. All
0: right. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks everybody for listening.
2: Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys' Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook
0: and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.